0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is Chris Fedders of Dogman.com, and I'm with Scott Eklund. It's Wednesday, day two of spring football. Weird to say, uh, March 8th. And we got kicked out of all the places we would normally podcast. So we are literally sitting courtside. We are literally on the Washington bench right now uh, at Heck Ed recording this podcast. And uh, actually, the basketball game is just about to start. So I'm going to miss some of that. Mm-hmm. But, hey, this is what happens. You know, you've got multiple things going on. we got to take care of business. But first and foremost, we needed to take care of what's going on and what we saw out on practice Wednesday. Like I said, day two. Um Scott, first of all, it was the first day out at Husky Stadium, colder than hell, (laughs) raining. It was so typical. It's like, yeah, I I could see why they don't have practice on March 8th. But as it turned out, it turned out nice and sunny at the end. They had a pretty spirited team practice at the end. What were your overriding thoughts?
0: Overriding thoughts was, I guess, that the defense had the better day today. Um, I, I thought that they came out. They came out really amped up. They were. They were jazzed up to be out there, the the defense especially. I mean, the offense was too, but, you know, the, the defense was making plays. They were making plays on the ball. First play from the one of the team sessions, you know, that, that first team session that we talk about where it's just kind of get the juices flowing and everything like that, and Michael Penix is forced to his right, throws it back, and it's picked off by Dominic Hampton. So it kind of started off set the tone for the day, and uh, you know, the offense did make some big plays, but I thought overall the defense had the better day. And
1: then there was that other team session later on where the first pass, Penix tried to throw it, I want to say, to Jalen McMillan, and Hampton played it perfect. Should have picked it off. Should have picked it off, I mean, he had a pick, it it wouldn't have necessarily been a pick six, but it could have been. And I mean, literally he got turned around and he was trying, and it just got off balance, mm-hmm. and the whole and it was right on the defensive sideline, and they were just going, "Oh my God, you know that mm-hmm. should have been an easy one." But the other reason why you could say the day was for the defense was because look at all the guys that stayed after, mm-hmm. I mean, for a long time after. No defensive players. It was Devin Colt catching passes. It was Dylan Morris throwing to Jalen Polk. It was um, Owen Prentice Prentice, uh, doing snaps. It was Sam Peacock working one-on-one with Scott Huff for a good 15, 20 minutes. Um, I Camlin Stiegler was actually mm-hmm. out there. He didn't practice today, but I saw him throwing balls. He was out there throwing to Tybo Rogers, who caught mm-hmm. a couple, tried to catch a couple. I, I think you thought he had a good day on offense, and I think he did overall, but he did miss a couple passes, so yep. he stayed out for a while. Um, some of the other running backs, like Cam Davis, was staying out there longer catching passes, so you could tell that the guys on offense knew that they had to do a little extra work after practice.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, speaking of, you know, some of the nice plays today. Uh, Raylan Goforth had that nice uh, one on uh, Griffin Waste, the walk-on tight end where Waste caught it, made a turn, and Goforth just batted it Yeah, out that would have been hands. a fumble. I- I think it was close. It could have been a fumble, could have been a call, you know, it depended on how they do things. Now the defense
1: is going to react like it was a fumble. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that.
0: But um, overall, you know, I I thought the defensive front got more pressure on the quarterbacks today. Zach Durfee actually flashed a little bit today, um, forced Dylan Morris to make a quick throw instead of, letting the play develop. He had to make a quick throw because Durfee got some quick pressure. I thought uh, Lance Holtzclaw actually looked pretty good today. You said he had one where he just blew by Sam Peacock. Yeah,
1: there was a couple where. And and granted, you know, again, there are over the course of the uh, the time that we've all covered Washington Athletics, I mean, especially football, there are just some undersized guys. You know, you can go back to Josh Shirley. You can go back to to some other guys that have been – you know, almost kind of um, specialists mm-hmm. coming off the edge, and I'm not saying Lance Oaksclaw is, a, is necessarily a specialist off that. But when your nickname is Showtime, you've got to be able to ball, and you've mm-hmm. got to be able to show it every once in a while. And he definitely flashed a couple times, I yeah. thought.
0: And um, you know, I thought uh, at linebacker, you know, the the uh, some of the young guys are getting schooled on different things. Um, Demario King, even though he's not necessarily a young guy um, on the pass pro. Uh, with the running backs, um, Cameron Davis just absolutely stoned him oh. on a, on a on one. So um you know it was it, I thought it was overall a very competitive practice, but overall, I also thought that the defense just had the better day, made more consistent plays than the offensive did. Yeah,
1: and you're still seeing some of the younger guys. You mentioned King. I'll mention Diesel Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, Diesel Gordon was in Chuck Morrell's pocket all day. I mean, just like William Inge kind of had the, the welcome to college moment on Monday with Devin Bryant, uh, Chuck Morrell did the same thing a couple different times with Diesel Gordon, who was working with the threes. And, um, you know, it was interesting because I really tried to focus a lot on the secondary today, especially like the back seven. Um you know, when I do that, and all of a sudden, Jabbar Muhammad doesn't play any, of, pretty mm-hmm. much any of the team uh, periods. Cam Fab doesn't play any of the team periods. Yeah. Um, Javion Green got banged up. But we don't know if it was hamstring or Could a have cramp. Just been a cramp, yeah. Don't know what it was. He walked off. He didn't go to the locker room or anything. Uh, Alfonso Tupitalo, he got banged up to the point where Ke- uh, Kalen DeBoer actually came by the, to see if he was okay. And he looked fine. He went back in there and played. So, um you know, tried to focus a little bit on those guys, but it was interesting because you know a lot of the ones today, it was J, it was Javion Green until he got a little banged up, and Elijah Jackson. I thought Elijah Jackson had a really I mean, good great practice.
0: practice. He had yeah. a really
1: good practice, and then when then when Javion uh, Green got a little banged up and had to and had to sit out the rest of practice, it was Thaddeus Dixon who came in, and I thought Dixon, especially in the one on ones earlier, um, him and Taj Davis, I thought had a couple interesting
0: reps, and Dixon pretty much got the better of them yeah um you know you talk about the secondary we can focus on that for a second um the i saw uh the the number one safeties most of the time were michelle and Dominic Hampton. yeah um for the safeties and then uh powell was the was the uh husky uh for most of the day but mccutcheon got played quite a bit today I saw him yeah. uh, rotate over on a on a. There was one, and I mentioned it in the thread where, you know, Jamarcus Shepard is by far the loudest person on that field, uh-huh. and he's he's making fun of Elijah Jackson that he's out on an island with Jeremy Bernard facing off one on one against him, and. Um, and he's just yelling it out. He's on an island. He's on an island. And and um, I think it was uh, Dylan Morris, but it might have been Penix. I couldn't remember who tried to throw it. But um, Dyson McCutcheon comes over, and he and he and uh, uh, Jackson were bracketing. Yeah. Uh, and and it made it impossible as a throw for um, for Penix. On that throw, uh, Asa Turner had had a nice coverage. Uh, he was running with the twos most of the day today, but he had nice coverage on Jalen McMillan on a on an out route where uh, Penix had to throw it away because he just didn't have enough room to fit it in. It was
1: interesting. The last two team periods, I saw I saw Turner and Hampton um, do over a lot, mm-hmm. and then backing them up because they didn't have Lee or Gamfabe or and some of those guys. It was um, Mikellas Steen, but also Sean Toomey, style yeah. the walk on safety was really in the twos. Mm-hmm. And what that told me is that if you really looked at the nickel, because they didn't have Camfab, um, it was niche Powell played a ton of nickel today mm-hmm. and he was backed up actually by Tristan Dunn. Yeah. Dunn had a lot of nickel and, and you mentioned McCutcheon as well. He played yep. there a bunch. But, yeah, they really – I mean, we talked about it, cross-training, positional flexibility. They're throwing guys into all sorts of of mixes right now, mix and match. Um, I talked to Scott Huff a little bit about that after. We could talk a little bit about that too. But um, there's no doubt in that back right now, especially if they're not playing. They didn't play Muhammad. They didn't play Cam Fab. You know, uh, Devon Banks wasn't available, even though he practiced a little bit here and there.
0: Nunley um, is not available, but he you know, was guys, out there doing work. Yeah, guys work. in
1: yellow, like Voight Tanufi was in yellow, Carson Bruner was in yellow, but they they kind of played a bunch a little bit here and there because they still can't hit. They're not uh-huh. in full pads, um, and they won't be in full pads until the end of March. So, um and that's another interesting question. I kind of should have asked someone. I'm assuming these count towards their uh, acclimatization. Yeah, I, so, I, I,
0: that is something I've been thinking about too. I, I would
1: have to think so. I would have to think by the second practice of the second practice, once they come back, they should be available to go full mm. pads. But again, I think all of this it just goes
0: back to what you were saying, Scott. I, I think the defense really ruled the day. So um, you know, as far as uh, the the guys who kind of stood out on the offensive side of the ball. I thought Rodgers had a pretty good day, at least running the ball. Yep. Catching the ball wasn't as good. Aaron Dumas, we saw a little bit of him yeah. in Skelly. He did not run with the team. He did not do anything in the team session. I right. think that, but Nixon, I thought, looked explosive. Nixon's
1: getting a lot yeah. of re- he's gotten a lot of reps the first two yeah. days. One thing I will say about Tybo Rodgers, again, I mentioned it on Monday. He, play, he looks like he plays bigger than he is, or, or plays bigger than I thought he would. He looks bigger. I, he just looks like a guy that you wouldn't think is a true freshman. No, he's so got that, that. Yeah, he's got shake that. He's and, got that thing yeah. about him. Um, so yeah, so he dropped a couple passes, but that's that's no big deal. The guys are going to do that. This is what spring is for. Mm-hmm. But again, when when that guy comes in, you're not looking at him and going, "Oh yeah, that guy's clearly a freshman." Yeah, there's there's no guys out there, especially in that group right now, that that uh, kind of fit that bill or make you feel that way. Um, you know, even like a Jeremy Bernard, obviously he's not a freshman, but he is coming in for the first time kind of again. Um, you know, there's just a little something about him yeah. that, you know, they're not necessarily making plays and all that stuff, but they do look like they
0: belong. There's guys who just carry the way they carry themselves on the field. They don't look like they don't shy away from. things. you talk about it's, the younger, yeah, the younger, yeah, guys. the younger guys. Yeah. yeah. And Bernard did have a long catch uh, today, um, in between, I think it was Dunn and, I want to say Jackson, but I couldn't remember who the the uh, other guy was. But he he had split both of them, got right down the seam, and, and uh, caught a long pass. It was a little underthrown.
1: Well, when we were in the stands, we were kind of racking our brains trying to figure out if they had really completed any long passes yeah. they didn't really at all in the team and they
0: had a couple opportunities yes. uh, Dylan Morris missed one that um Jalen Polk had gotten behind yep. somebody and um and, and it,
1: McMillan had one yeah. where he should have caught it um but Mish Powell came in and it, it, it was mostly a drop but yeah. Powell was in coverage and he was right on top of him but yeah it, it should have been a catch
0: well it, I mean if it was a better throw it would have been a catch yeah. but it, it
1: yeah, he had to turn yeah. around to catch it. Yeah. But he was a good three to four yards ahead.
0: Yeah. And should have been able to and make Powell it. And Powell came back and yeah. was able to knock it away. So yeah. um, overall, Chris, now you spoke with Scott Huff. Why don't we talk about what, what he brought up today?
1: Yeah, no, a little bit just of the idea of of this cross-training concept and, and all these guys playing inside. Um, he mentioned gear and hatchet, how gear and hatchet's having to basically play, every, you know, not just center and right guard, but they said they were even throwing him out a little bit of tackle as well. Um, you know, that you're looking at some of those younger guys backing up Troy Fautan and Roger Rosengarten, guys like Robert Worsh, RJ Worsh, Sam Peacock that we mentioned, some of those guys, those guys are going to be playing tackle and guard. Mm-hmm. And so, and and the same goes for um, Julius Bulow and Nate Kalepo, because mm-hmm. Bulo's on the left side right now, Coleppo's on the right. I asked Scott Huff if. It was why Kaleppo was on the right side because they wanted him to back up Rosengarten in case for Penix mm-hmm. because that's the right side is Penix's blind side. And so they did, they want someone with experience that had worked on the left side before that had protected blind side. And he said, not really. He goes, really the main reason is that he took a little bit more in terms of reps last year on the right side compared to the left side. And they just kind of liked him a little bit more there, but I get the sense that if they, had to, if they had to put tackles out there in a pitch, if Fautano and, and Rosengarten weren't out there, I think it would be Bulow and Klepo And then they would just go with other yep. guys inside, like a, maybe a guard, Memolar on the left, um, you know, maybe a Morale, a Miles Morale or Apprentice or on the right. Um, Burrelsford's definitely backing up Matteo Mele at center. Um, you know, just, they just, he just talked about that kind of flexibility. But, again, I asked him, I go, these, you know, you only get these three days this week to really kind of set the standard and get everything going. Is it about that cross-training concept that DeBoer talked about, or is it really getting back to fundamentals, which is what you guys kind of almost always do every spring? And he said 100% fundamentals. Yeah. He goes, it's all about footwork. It's all about hand placement. It's all about all those little details that they kind of forget once the season's over.
0: So um, I got a chance to speak with Julius Bulo. Um, asked him a little bit about playing left guard again. After starting in 2021 and then losing his job, what four or five six games into the season, um, and he's and I asked him what he learned. He goes, "It was humbling. It was very humbling for me. I'd never experienced any negative things in football in my life, and so for that, it was humbling. But it also helped me. You know, I got to learn behind um, Henry Bainavalu and 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 Jackson Kirkland and and." And I've gotten to learn and, and, my mentality and my, my athleticism, and, and I've learned the system a little bit better and I understand what we're trying to do. And so it's helped me a lot. And, and so he says, and it's, a, it's a battle for me. I know I've got to get out there and compete and not have any bad days. And, and so it's, he, he feels like it's brought out the best of him. Yeah. And so, and then I did talk to Garen Hatchett for a little bit. Um, and you know he talk, he just talked about learning all the different spots and and what he's having to do and and he, i I asked him you know you know what he how much different he is as a person and player since he got here in 2020, which was a really weird year to a, try and enroll at the University of Washington. right He doesn't enroll until gosh i think i didn't think I don't think he even showed up here until September um, when they started working oh, out yeah. you know, and most freshmen are, are here their freshman year. Um, In June at the at the latest. And that's when they're like working out the concourses and they've got all the lifting gear out there
1: so they can get as much open air stuff as they can possibly do. So
0: and, you know, that's the very beginning of the pandemic and everything. He has they have no idea what they're doing. So I asked him and he just said, yeah, it's it's all been a learning process for me. He goes, I didn't expect to start as a freshman or anything like that. But he said, you know, I thought by the second year I'd, I'd be able to, you know, get a chance. But he goes that it just hasn't happened that way. So I've had to just keep working and working and working. And I got a lot of playing time last year. And and this year, you know, I'm, I'm in there challenging, fighting for, for a starting gig. So, um, you know, it's a lot on his plate from the standpoint that he – he just – he's got a lot to learn, but I think he's hes embracing it. Now, I, I know that he's looking forward to playing with his younger brother. Um, he only got to play with him one year when they were in high school together, but now he'll get to be with him at least two years. Yeah, so. and that's only in a few weeks. Yeah, so. yeah maybe. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe we'll, be sooner. Yeah, we'll see. maybe be sooner, so we'll see.
1: I talked to Mateo Mele, and I'll tell you what, man, he talks like he's a returning starter. I mean, he really felt like – you know, I've had plenty of reps working with Panics, um, you know, last year because he was the backup yep. to Corey Luciano, so he just feels like he's sliding right in there. And he what, has starts at 7 wasn't
0: just a backup for injuries either. He came in and got right. two or three series every game. Right, so
1: he was, He was. you know, it's, it's as good a situation as you could have if you're Scott Huff in terms of feeling like the guy can slide right in and be the next guy up without a problem. Uh-huh. It's only the guys behind him that you have to worry about. Parker Burlesford is the guy, obviously, that's coming in that, that is most likely the backup center at this point because he seems to be the only other one that's really just focused at center and is not really being asked to cross-train and do either of the guard positions, for instance. But he just talked about how he, he just feels super comfortable around guys like, like Julius Bulow, Nate Coleppo, He goes, you know, I played next to Nate for quite a bit, Um, over the years and and the same with Julius and he just like I said it just felt like talking
0: to a guy who's coming back as a starter I was really interested. so uh, Josh is the one that talked to Michael Penix and um, and uh, Ryan Grubb yep and um, we'll have those interviews up a little bit later he's not here to kind of tell us what they talked about but I did hear a few things that Penix was talking about they did ask him about grub possibly leaving and he had mentioned he mentioned hey when nick saban calls you you got to at least go talk to him you know kind of thing so he it sounds like it was very understandable from a player standpoint i'm sure they didn't love it but but, let's but let's be real scott i mean i'm sure
1: they got their story straight before they they were gonna talk to the media but yes i mean it, it, it it certainly passes the sniff test right i mean what is your first your first feeling is like oh, man, that that kind of sucks that he's thinking about going away. But the other thing is, oh, yeah, it's Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Nick Saban tried to call me and said, oh, yeah, we want you backing up Rice Young when he leaves, eh, yeah, I might think about it. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, it, it's just one of those things where if it happens, it happens, and you you just kind of have to roll with it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, Husky basketball currently uh, playing Colorado. Uh, down Should at be the, starting just about yeah, now. Yeah. Start, um, yeah, just started yep. a little bit ago. And yep. – and, uh um, we'll be covering that um, yep. and uh, everything, so be over on the basketball board for that. But we'll have a lot of interviews here over the next couple of days uh, that we'll be publishing for you guys and interviews with players, interviews with coaches. I'll have up uh, the the spring game wrap as well, or not spring game wrap, the screen, uh, second practice yep. uh, wrap uh up in a little while <laughs>
1: you're, you're, thinking, at, you're yeah. thinking well ahead yeah i'm way ahead so
0: um but um anyway chris just final thoughts from today
1: yeah just i mean bottom line is again i think the defense carried the day it was kind of cool seeing some of the inside stuff even though you know again no tuli no fatui to inside even though they practiced a ton they they didn't really do anything as far as the team so we saw it a lot a lot of ulamula ale in there a lot of jacob Bandis in there And the one duo that we finally got a chance to see that kind of made sense together is we got to see the Parker Twins. Yeah, and we saw
0: that on the first week, our first game. Yeah, but I mean, but
1: literally getting a chance to see them really Mm -hmm. work together and now that Armand Parker is is 100% healthy and ready to go, I thought that was fun to watch. So, you know, there's that too. And then want to make sure that we're we're letting people know about the promo that we've got going on. We've got at least one
0: more day. We've got at
1: least one more day. It's 50% off a yearly subscription and then if you if you just but if you just want to go month to month to start to get a taste for what things are like you can you can sign on a full price but the perk on that is you get Paramount Plus that is a monster perk that's mm-hmm. basically all of CBS's streaming stuff movies live sports all that stuff going on so you have an option 50% off a yearly subscription whereas once the year is out then you get Paramount Plus or you can go month to month and if you go month to month at the full price you get Paramount Plus right
0: now. Um, I think that's going to wrap us up. I, my, my final thoughts are just that I thought, like you did, the the defense won the day, and I, I felt like um, there was a lot of good competition out there. It's fun. For me, especially when we get in the grind, we're not quite in the grind yet, but once you get in the grind of things, it's it's kind of fun to watch how the young guys that you haven't seen enough. You know, the, the veterans are the veterans. They know what they're doing. But these young guys watching how they come along, watching how the coaches coach them up, watch them how, okay, yesterday they made this mistake, but they're not making that mistake again. Things like that. That's kind of fun to watch. It's also fun to see how they develop um, their bodies and things like that because they come in and there, there's just some guys like Zach Henning. We've already talked about He looks like a dude. He yep. looks like he's going to be able to play, yep. but... He still looks like a freshman when you look at his body compared to the way the other guys are built, yeah. and um, he was out there at left uh, left tackle for um, some of the twos slash threes when he when, when they when they were running and, and uh, um, he just looks smaller than the other guys. He needs to bulk up, but yeah. he, he definitely looks like he can get the job done. So
1: inadvertently, you kind of you kind of underscored why Kalen DeVore thought that these guys were ready to come out this early in spring and go right now, first week in March and it's that idea it's like it kind of feels like they're kind of going through it Mm -hmm. and you mentioned it's like well we're not quite through the the dog days but it felt kind of like a dog days practice it kind of felt like they were in the middle already Mm -hmm. of something which i think is really really interesting it doesn't necessarily mean that it was lower energy or it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe there was a little bit more standing around stuff i just get the sense that they feel like they they're on they're a lot more on top of stuff than mm-hmm. they were this
0: time last year. Yeah. It's pretty evident. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it. You want to wrap it up, Chris, or you want me to do it?
1: Sure. No. Okay. For Scott Eklund, this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go Dogs.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.